Francois, good evening to you. Thanks for joining us. Man. It's good to be here. It's nice to meet you. No, same here. Same here, mate. So tonight we're talking about something interesting, right? We're talking about food for, med- for medicine. Food as medicine. Food as medicine. Yes. That's awesome. So basically the conversation started a couple of weeks ago with Aubrey. Uh, we brought it up, just the context of how food can make a difference in people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just food as edible. It's food has purpose. Food has meaning. Food has context in your life and it needs to be decided and, and, and choices made specifically about what goes in your system <clears throat> and the effects it can have on you. Um, mm. My guest tonight is a friend of mine, um, known as Dr. Coral, um, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he has uh, quite an interesting point of view about this and an interesting life path when it comes to the understanding of nutrition and the benefits of it for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll introduce Dr. Coral. Dr. Carl, good evening to you. Thanks for joining us, man. Good evening. And yeah, you were all humble when I met you, and I'm like, and you are? You said, oh, no, I'm Carl, you know? <laughs> there was, you know, he didn't prefix it, but no, nice to meet you. Um, let, me, let me start from the perspective that I, 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 many years ago, I worked for someone that's passionate about food, and not from the, I don't know, um, uh, what's this thing, you know, the, these cooking shows perspective, mm-hmm. but more uh, someone that understood the value of food and the impact that it has on someone's long-term health, especially... Uh, children's welfare and what difference it actually makes in their lives. Um, and I learned a lot about that. And I mean, I, I assume that, or at least my assumption was, was that yes, nutrition has an important role to play from that perspective. I didn't really think much about it beyond that. You're going to fill in those gaps for us. That it is, it's an ongoing journey with food, right? Most definitely. Um, 100, 200 years ago, we didn't have medicines other than foods, herbs and and all of these things and um, the idea with food as medicine is to not necessarily have to grab for something that is a synthetic medicine that you put into your body that has mm-hmm. a lot of side effects um, and we we call this uh, integrative medicine and the the whole concept of integrative medicine is not to say that allopathic medicine is wrong mm, okay we want to say that let's use the best for the current situation mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. best of both worlds basically and i'm very lucky to be able to work with some brilliant medical doctors who combine allopathic and more natural medicines to customize medicine per patient it's also not an, an idea that we you you walk in there and they say this is your problem my flowchart says this and this is your medicine yeah yeah um and that's where food as medicine comes in really, really uh, big time. Because you, everybody is different. Your genetic makeup is different and your taste differs. Mm-hmm. So we teach people how to use their food as medicine and how to make better, bad decisions in the environment that we live in these days. Uh, that's quite fascinating. Um, you know, and, and thanks for sort of uh, giving me a new word that I've learned tonight, and that's allopathic. Um, because I'm I'm one of those people that reverts immediately to the allopathic blocks, right? Um, I, I, people that have been listening to me for long enough know for a fact that my my general theory is if you're not wearing a white lab coat and you know you don't give me a bunch of pills, or you don't inject me or something, I tend not to trust you, right? Mm-hmm. That's my approach, and I think that applies for many people, mm-hmm. because in as much as um, and, and I don't want to just use a blanket term alternative medicines, mm-hmm. right? But as much as alternative medicines is becoming something people are paying attention to, it's also something people are becoming very weary of yes. because of the bad information out there. 
So, so, so what you're basically saying is, is that you're not dismissing the allopathic stuff. You're not saying, hey, don't take your next paracetamol tablet, right, ever again. No. What you're saying is, is that instead of just reaching for paracetamol, there might be a food substitute. Is that, am, I, am I understanding you correctly? Yes, right? definitely. So um, one of the big concepts that we work with is that for a, an acute situation, if you mm. break your arm, you're not going to take vitamin C. Yeah. You're going to want morphine. <laughs> so, um, that, and that's why we say we don't dismiss allopathic medicines. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there are times that vitamin C might work better. Mm-hmm. Um, or in conjunction with, um, I'm blessed to be able to work a lot with cancer patients mm-hmm. and people going through through cancer journeys. And we see a lot that people still go for chemo and radiation, but there are ways that through their, their lifestyle and their nutrition, mm. we can support the body through this big, big uh, change that it's going through mm. and through the chemo and radiation. And it's not, uh, and, 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 and uh, I mean, we need to put it into perspective there as well, because I mean, obviously when we talk about food in this instance, mm-hmm. um, it's all encompassing, I presume, because I mean, yes. I know for a fact that there's nothing that makes me feel better th- on a Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, watching the rugby, having a nice rack of ribs in front of you, or, you know, some nice fry meat. Exactly. You know, <laughs> and, and <laughs> but, but we're not talking about, and it makes me feel good. It doesn't necessarily make me feel healthy or it doesn't necessarily improve my life. Yes. Uh, but but um, is, is but but we be encompassing food. What what is our definition of food in this instance? Well, it actually does include like the the, the meats and and the braai. Mm-hmm. So what we say to a lot of people is, if you do have the braai, just make sure that you have onions, garlic, and some broccoli with it, because oh, okay. the the burnt meat can cause cancer. It has a carcinogenic effect. Mm. So. Um, if you upregulate your your liver detoxification through uh, specifically broccoli, mm. you can then mitigate the risk of getting cancer. Um, and that's why we also then say make better bad decisions. So add things that will help afterwards. And um, like you also rightly said, a lot of the, the natural people or mm. naturally inclined people um, do spread a lot of misinformation. And mm. on the internet, you get yeah, yeah. the one site will say, you know, use apricot kernels for, for cancer. And other one would say, no, it kills you because of the cyanide. So what do you really believe? Mm. And um, that's what we in, in the practice try to do is, is just to empower people to make those decisions and make informed decisions about their medicine and their lifestyle. So there, I'll pick up on that because mm. not too long ago, um, the issue of food. As, as, as a substitute, and please note what I'm using here, the yes. word substitute. Food as a substitute for medication yes. was a very contentious issue in this country and, mm-hmm. and something that I, I feel very strongly about because I was a student at the time. Um, I was a law student still, mm-hmm. you know, I was still busy studying law and uh, people that are, you know, in essence within civil society circles today, people like Mark Hayward and them had a massive fight over this issue. Mm. So we'll get to that in a couple. Yeah. I want to come back to you, Francois, because in as much as, you know, Dr. Cardell is your guest, I don't want to completely exclude you out of this. No, no I can sit here, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but there's an important question because especially for people that want to exercise, stay fit, uh, do their thing. Um, I, I remember when um, I used to play rugby at varsity level. I'm a bit of a, I'm a lot heavier now than what I was then. <laughs> I mean, between then and now, 27 kilograms happened, you know. Quickly. Very, not very quickly. It actually, and this is the sad thing, is that when I needed the additional 27 kilograms, it was just not there. 
So what we do, we start using the protein shakes and we sure. use the what, what, what. And, and, and really largely because you're a student and you recognize that your daily protein intake and whatever other, you know, other supplements you need is not supplemented through the food you're eating. And, and that is not out of choice, mind you. That is simply because you're living in a res, you've signed up for two meals a day, and those two meals a day are nutritious, but not probably specific to your needs, right? So what do you do? You go buy the big uh, can of, um, of of protein shakes. And, and to make matters worse, um, and I, I, I think I told the listeners about this a couple of months ago, uh, in my fourth year, my, my second last year at Varsity, Gersh goes and picks up tuberculosis. So again, I, I lose weight suddenly. So what do I have to do? I have to use protein shakes just to get you know, some body mass back. But I mean, especially for young people, or for people that are active, people that want to do some conditioning, some, not bodybuilding, but you know, pick up good weight. Sure. Um, can you do it via food? Because an, a common myth is, there's, you will never be able to eat enough to build good muscle and to I, I good. don't agree with the supplementation. So yeah. from my life and, and purposes in my life, I, I don't recommend supplementation from that form at all. Um, I run a business uh, based on, on and a lifestyle based on non-supplementation of an artificial stimulant. So mm. you can do it through food. It's, it's a common thing that, it's, that it's, you can go to a, a pharmacy or, or a, a shop and, and pick up a, a, a whey protein. Um, it seems to be a... a um, a marketing thing that at the moment mm. I'm struggling with that people can just go out and get stuff and, and purchase it without understanding what's in it and the quantities are not necessarily right for you and the absorption rate and, and, and the actual contents are not necessarily tested or understood. So yeah, we're taking yeah. these things based on, on a philosophy that, that I don't believe in anymore. Um, so I do believe you can do it naturally. I don't think you need as much protein as what people say we do. I think we're eating way too much um, and to build muscle does require excess protein or, an, or, a, or a, a larger amount of protein per volume yeah. per day. But I don't think you can necessarily get it from an artificial point of view. So, again, the lifestyle is difficult. You can't always go and get tuna or fish or chicken or a more natural sense of protein. Or you people mm, don't mm. even understand the fact that you can get it from a vegetable protein. Um, mm. So the choices people make are, are limited to what they understand. And I think we, we're not necessarily exposed to the truth that, that, that is probably a little bit more interesting and, and, and varied, um, but you don't need to supplement in order to pick up weight. So I disagree with that. Uh, but what I also find interesting about that, I mean, you know, talk about that, the, you know, it's, it, I'm lucky in that the work that I've done is I've, I've, I've you know, been able to a, travel a bit, um, B, interact with people from, especially Europe, you know, Europeans, the one big comment they make, especially if they come to South Africa is, geez, you guys eat a lot of meat, you know, and, and it's become a staple, it's, it's standard, and, and it's, um, it's a conversation my wife and I had, uh, because I did a show, and she also read an article about this, and she said, you know, about how um, in terms of global climate change, you can actually make a massive impact if you have meat-free Mondays, by, for example, right? Because immediately you eat less beef, as an example. Uh, less beef means less methane from uh, uh, cow farts and burps, literally. <laughs> so, you know, all of those things um, add up eventually. So we spoke about the whole idea of meat-free Mondays, but there is something weird for me, and I think it's not just a cultural thing. It's, it's really how I grew up. It's conditioning, it's socialization, right? About sitting down for dinner and there not being a meat, uh, you know, uh, whether it be a slab of meat or some chicken or mince or burvors or whatever. If it's not on that plate, it just doesn't seem 
you know, it just doesn't seem like food. So let's talk. We'll talk about that in a couple. In terms of what, how do we change the dynamic? Because I think it's a reality in South Africa that that's how we eat. That's and how we've been brought up, sure. Yeah, and it's cross-cultural, hundred percent. Because I even find that uh, uh, you know our Indian uh, community in South Africa, and some of whom are vegetarian because of religious re- re- reasons, uh, substitute have us meat substitute in the form of um, a meat-shaped item, hmm. but it's soya, right? So it just shows that that meat, that idea of meat must accompany your meal, is almost ingrained, right? So we'll talk about that in a couple. Dr. Carl, coming back to you. So what I was saying earlier on was that we had a uh, minister of health once hmm. upon a time called. Dr. Mantushawalala Simang, yes. right? Who herself didn't have the healthiest lifestyle. Yeah. We all know how she unfortunately, you know, uh, succumbed eventually, mm-hmm. right? But she, and, and, and this is the one issue that I think uh, still remains um, a serious concern for most South Africans is that we had um, her at the time as well as Tom Mbeki uh, running a, a, a policy that said that when a- ARVs were clearly evidence. Yes allopathic mind you yeah that they prolong the lives of people living with hiv that these two were sticking their heads in the sand and saying no all that you need is garlic beetroot and a couple of other things yes. now what my contention is i'm not saying that whatever um whatever the african potato is i'm not saying that the african potato does not necessarily assist yes in in in, in you know through nutrition and in keeping you healthy mm. but surely the african potato cannot become a substitute for drugs that prolong your life or do i have it misunderstood in some instances it can um not necessarily the african potato um if you take for example the uh um uh, vitamin that we use at the moment uh, which is difficult to get in the country b17 which is derived from apricot kernels mm-hmm. and um people can eat the the apricot kernel as a cancer therapy or they can have the extract injected as an IV mm-hmm. and um, we had I was I was telling Francois just before we started mm. um, about a gentleman who the the doctors contacted uh, him today and said we don't believe it but you don't have cancer in your lungs anymore mm-hmm. from B17 and vitamin C injections that was after they gave up a hope on him uh, with allopathic medicine so Again, it works for some people. It is just like your, your allopathic medicine. It's not going to work for everybody. Mm. It, again, depends on your genetic makeup and um, your lifestyle. And also, things like the African potato can be used as a supplementary therapy. Mm-hmm. And that's where the correct information needs to be sent out into the world, where you get people who believe that um, for example, cannabis is mm. a cure-all. I know, and it, it's something that keeps on coming up. And yes. I'm actually surprised that I haven't had an SMS or a WhatsApp mm-hmm. or you know social media coming through telling me that you, um, you know, you, you just need cannabis oil to sort <laughs> everything out. Um, yes. Which, which uh, I mean, I look at and I'm like, yeah, great guys. And and I know in the US, there's, uh, I mean, there's there's two ty- three types of states in the US right now. Mm-hmm. Where, where cannabis is completely legal, yes. where cannabis is legal for medical reasons, mm-hmm. and where cannabis is legal for uh, both recreational and legal purposes, right? Yes. I mean, and, and medical purposes. Yeah. And, and I think that it's perhaps, in my opinion, 
also a very smart marketing ploy on behalf of those people. You know, the, the ones that are able to, because it's been become industrialized. I saw yes. a bloke that became an overnight billionaire as his state was busy lobbying mm. to uh, legalize Dacha. What he was doing was he was going ahead and, and, and finding out what other products they can produce with this thing. He started manufacturing at a large scale, getting all the equipment that he needed. Yes. And so the moment Colorado, um, you know, made the use of Dacha or cannabis or whatever we call it, mm-hmm. legal, this guy brought all the stuff over from Mexico and became a billionaire within months. Yes. You know, and, and I think that it's, you know, if you have a couple of people on Facebook and on email and on Twitter promoting the thing for you and you don't have to take out expensive TV or radio ads, that's even better. But I mean, I, I, I hear what you're saying, but there was this one issue that I wanted to raise. You said, yes. look, genetically allopathic medicine might not work. So in other words, the, the, that paracetamol or the whatever, the ARV that's helping for uh, person A mm-hmm. might not be, uh, you know, suitable for my genetic makeup as person B. Am I yes. correct in my understanding there? Yes. But surely then, when we talk about food, mm-hmm. isn't that also a similar situation? Because we heard recently that we have people that have genetics that where carbs are fine for them, mm-hmm. uh, whereas genetics, for example, is, uh, tells you that carbs aren't good for another group or, you know, yes. what, and so on and so forth. So the one diet doesn't necessarily suit the other diet. Most definitely. And um, it is exactly the same thing. So, if you have a, uh, a genetic de- predisposition where your liver, uh, one of your detox uh, um, pathways doesn't work, mm-hmm. then you can have as much garlic as you want to or, or your cruciferous vegetables. It's not going to help you. You then need to upregulate the other four pathways. Okay. So, um, and, and that's where, again, um, integrative medicine takes a look sometimes one step deeper mm. and and we do the the genetic tests that not many people are aware of are available even in south africa and um so so the food yes it works exactly the same as medicines it is going to work better for some people than for others and that's where the i think the practice of medicine moves more into the realm of being an art form but now the difficulty is, and, and, and I'm not saying that this, this might be my own ignorance or this might be my own um, uh, level of skepticism. Mm-hmm. Remember, let's go back to what I said initially. Most definitely. Unless, and I'm unfo- it, it's my programming, I guess. My yes. mum was a nurse, yes. you know, um, recently retired. And I'm programmed that if it's not a white lab coat, mm-hmm. you know, if it's not, um, if there's an injury and I'm not going in for the x-rays or whatever, yes. they, they, there's something that sort of makes mm-hmm. me nervous about it, yes. right? So what I'm just saying is, is that for the person listening at home right now, mm. if we could tweet the, the, the basic principle, okay. I don't know if it's possible. Yes. Yes. And please, if, 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 I'm, if, if it's not possible to do that, please uh, point it out. But if you could tweet in 140 characters and say to someone, this is the general principle when it comes to food versus the allopathic stuff, either in combination or in isolation, what would that be? Keep it doesn't have to be on okay, no, no. <laughs> uh, uh, Keep a healthy balance. Okay. It'll just be that. And be aware of that balance. 100%. Let's get back to you, Francois. Um, and then um, you see how I'm doing it. I'm splitting oh. it between the health <laughs> aspect and then obviously, I mean, uh, not to say that neither one of them don't play a health role. They, they obviously play a significant health role. But I want to get back to the exercise stuff. So the one thing that I know, you know, having played rugby, having 
you know, hit the gym with friends, et cetera, et cetera. Always being a, a bit of a lightweight, but quite active, you know, at a particular point in my life. The one thing that stood out was the amount of damage guys were doing to themselves. And we're not talking about guys that were juicing. And juicing is when people use steroids and that type of thing, which is obviously at the other extreme end of, of being harmful. We're talking about people that um, were using the, the protein shakes, the, um, what else is the other thing? Creatine that's very pop- popular. Sure. A lot of liver and, and kidney damage there. Sure. Eh? And, and, and I think that's something that people should be aware of is that you can get these really beautiful packaged big cans that make you feel like you're a muscle man just by buying it. But it's dangerous stuff and harmful stuff. It is. If, 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 you know, and I don't want to throw anyone under the bus yeah, you know, from a marketing perspective. But I mean, the point is, is that you need to be careful of what you're taking. I and think we don't understand what is actually in a lot of these containers that we buy. It's sold as, as like you say, a bulk package. You get the pills with the powder and you mix it. And within a month, it costs you this amount of money and we'll save it by buying in bulk. But what are the ingredients of the contents that's in it? And, and how much is your body actually needing? So I do think there's a marketing issue to it. I do think that it's misleading and, and it's based on a bodybuilding premise, mm. which to build muscle, you needed to increase a large amount of protein to maintain that muscle mass. So you had to have protein on a regular basis throughout your day to sustain that. Everyday person doesn't need that. Everyday person doesn't live that bodybuilding lifestyle. So they don't have to have that nutritional consideration for, for the average person whether it's weight gain or weight loss or fitness or health, just uh, like Dr. Carl says, it's, it's about balance. So to sustain a regular amount mm-hmm. of good nutrition going in, for me, is a vital consideration versus uh, the damage that you are going to be causing by having an excess amount of, of protein going in your system. What are the, the actual ingredients of these supplements and how much does your body really need? So uh, most of it is, is not absorbed what passes through you and it causes damage on the way through. So mm-hmm. we don't actually need it. Uh, one thing I just wanted to quickly remind the listeners of, guys, you can please do come into this conversation. If you have questions, if you have comments, if you have uh, something that you want to clarify, please do give us a shout on 011-883-0702-31702 for your SMSs. I saw one that came through. I'll get to that SMS in a couple of seconds. Uh, hashtag Late Night Talk for those of you on Twitter and Facebook. And then, of course, um, uh, those of you on WhatsApp, you can get a hold of us on 072-702-1702. I think this is very important. And uh, th- I mean, if there's one thing that we have in common, despite uh, race, political party, ethnic background, and sexual orientation, and all these things, these little boxes that we tend to cluster ourselves in, if there's one thing that we have in common is that we have to stay healthy to stay alive, isn't it? So, so do ask your questions. And I have a very specific one, yeah? And I think sometimes people are just a bit shy. They need that one person to break the ice. But there's a good one that came through from Tubby saying, what about arthritis? What is recommended? Dr. Carl, I'll, I'll, I'll defer to you in this particular one. I mean, arthritis is a common issue. Um, and many other, uh, whether they be degenerative bone illnesses mm-hmm. or things like gout that people live with, um, in that joints and, and, and bone category, let's talk mm-hmm. about arthritis first. What, what do we do there? Okay, so for arthritis, I would up my uh, omegas quite a lot. So Mm -hmm. the fish, um, salmon, brilliant, brilliant food for arthritis. Um, A challenge is that once you already have arthritis, Mm. um, the amount that you will get in through just eating fish will not necessarily be sufficient. Okay. So that is where you then start supplementing with fish extracts, your omega-3 extract yeah. is is really amazing for arthritis um, as well as something like omega-7 your coconut oil 
So if you cook and you use oil, switch from whatever oil you're using into uh, using coconut oil, which is a lot healthier and will then also help with the, the arthritis and the inflammation. Mm-hmm. So in other words, they, 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 so then you, uh, they, that's where you focus your diet around? Yes. Okay, yes. great stuff. And then, I mean, there's also, I mean, and then you have gout, for example, which again is funny enough um, as a result of, of diet as well as drinking habits. And, and if there are two things that we know we a little naughty with is what we put into our bodies as South Africans. We love our beers and red wines and goodness knows what. We're drinkers, in other words, yes. right? And the other thing is that we love our beef, right? There's nothing yes. better than a steak that's sizzling on uh, on a braai fire and and you know in combination those three, two can you know lead to to uncomfortable gout um what then you know what happens with gout i mean is it just a case of stop drinking red wine stop eating so much red meat in moderation again yes uh-huh. um also again i would go for the the omegas so up the fish intake and then something that i'm quite passionate about these days is juicing Mm-hmm. So if you can start your day every morning with a green juice and um, the, the basic green juice that, that I try and promote contains lemon, mm-hmm. apple, cucumber, uh, some kale, mint, ginger, celery and a bit of turmeric. And if okay. you can juice all of that, take out the pulp um, and drink that first thing in the morning. It gives the body time to absorb all those nutrients without having to, to work to digest the food. So you kickstart your body and also the, the fact that you add the lemon um, alkalinizes the body. And disease states are acidic. I need to talk to you about that because I've yes. heard about that a couple of times again by <laughs> sort of a blog that's tweeting me about it or Facebooking me okay. about it, which I don't trust. Okay. So you'll need to explain, you know, the whole alkaline versus um, um, acidic makeup of the body. Because I've heard about that for, for as long as I've been doing talk radio. People have been talking about that. Whenever we talk health, then that seems to come up. So I'd just like you to sure. give me an explanation to that then. I'd, I'd really appreciate that. But I've got a WhatsApp here that I think is important. Um, someone says, I'm taking ARVs, but after taking them, I feel so dizzy. Why are they doing uh, this? Please help. Um, obviously, that speaks to, I, I think the one caveat that I'd end, add to that, and I think you mentioned it as well, mm. allopathic medication tends to have side effects. Yes. Um, and we know that especially with ARVs being as aggressive as they are in fighting what they're fighting, mm. uh, they tend to have uh, severe um, uh, side effects, especially f- some people feel it more than others, of course, we know that. Yes. But, 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 but do you want to come in there as well? On on ARVs and and... Side effects of medicine, because each person is so individualized, it is really difficult to say from here what they can do and, and not do. Um, my, my best advice would for, be for them to uh, get in touch with an integrative doctor so that they can check and see if there is maybe a supplementation that can help them with the the, nause- or the, the dizziness and those side effects. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Because of, but, but that doesn't mean, and then unfortunately, I've spoken to someone once before mm-hmm. and I, I was a bit worried about it. I, I, I chatted to her. She, she, she uh, claimed that she was healthy and that she was fine and everything was going well with her. I don't know. I wasn't too convinced by it. Mm-hmm. But I once had an interview with someone that was on ARVs um, had severe side effects mm. um, and, and quit. And I had another doctor coming in and saying, well, what should have happened 
was the particular health providers mm. should have you know at least tried different types of ARVs on her uh, to, to, to establish what is agreeable with her um, and, and that it was unfortunate that she had stopped because there's obviously a possibility of viral load increasing etc etc yes. and initially you might feel really good and healthy um, and she, she you know she had a healthy lifestyle yes. for lack of a better term uh, but eventually one doesn't know what happens to viral load you know I'm not a clinician so mm. I can't speak for that but um, we, we don't necessarily want people not to drop the ARVs because they feel bad. Maybe consult your doctor, find out what, if there's an, uh, another ARV, if there's exactly. other things that you can do in yes. terms of diet to make your life, your, 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 your lifestyle better. Exactly. So and, and very specifically, like you mentioned, diet and lifestyle. Yeah. Because we, we can't just focus on diet and forget lifestyle. Um, something as simple as just getting enough sleep. Mm, can mm. make a major, a major difference in your life. And also the, the timing of your medicine. Mm, mm. If you are able to take your medicine at night time, mm. right before you sleep, and you can sleep through most of the side effects, why not? But again, that is a very patient-specific uh, issue and, and that they would need to discuss with their doctors. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Let uh, let me just quickly go to uh, again the SMSs are coming in, and as well as the WhatsApp. So we appreciative of that. So I'll, I'll direct some of these to you. Someone says, "Hi, Gershwell for gout, cut wheat, particularly pasta." And this is from Don. Then Don goes on to say, "Any tips for Alzheimer's?" I guess this is uh, the, the, that's a question that poses a question on diet nutrition. Again, let's look at getting the body into a more alkaline state. Um, and then also there are IVs that, that people can do that have been showing promise. It doesn't reverse the Alzheimer's, it doesn't stop it, but you can have a better quality of life on specific medications. Um, things like, I would say, phosphatidylcholine mm-hmm. is, is a good um, IV to get. Okay, okay, thanks for that. Um, and then uh, just looking quickly at some of the WhatsApps. Before I come back to you, I haven't forgotten yet. Okay. <laughs> um, Anyway, someone, uh, again, we have an advocate for cannabis. I'm saying cannabis must be legalized only to be bought over the counter of a general practitioner by the permission of a doctor after a cancer patient was diagnosed by his or her doctor. Now, let's get back to that. And I know this is not a cannabis-based conversation because yes. cannabis is not necessarily, or di- if assuming that it falls, falls within that broad definition of food, Yes. It surely is not just seen as, as, as a type of food. It's, you know, it has other elements to it as well, right? Yes. And it, I mean, the, the cannabis oil extract mm. is, um, I think, the, the main thing that people are focusing on these days. And with the Medical Innovations Act that is coming in, it is going to be legal. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's a matter of time of time uh, right. before doctors can prescribe it. A very interesting fact, uh, when... Parliament asked the MCC, why mm. isn't it legal yet? MCC said that it is, but you need a Section 21 permit. Oh, I wasn't aware of that, actually. Yes. But now, what I wanted to get back to, though, is, mm. is that, you know, when we talk about this uh, cannabis oil stuff, and as I said, it's, it, it, it doesn't necessarily qualify as a food, so, yes. but, but, I mean, a lot of people uh, swear by it, right? And they, they say that it's, what, what role does it actually play? And, and how does it, what impact does it have? Because, um, for example, a lot of the research that I've seen, and I mean, not 
I'm not, so I'm not talking about reading medical journals mm-hmm. here, but I mean, you know, CNN would cover it or Time magazine would cover it. Yes. People would say that the use of cannabis, especially for cancer patients, yes. as an example, is that, well, it um, for anyone that's ever been, I don't know, a teenager, mm-hmm. <laughs> late, you know, in their late teens or early 20s would know, would have an idea of what the impact of Dacha is, right? Yes. It, it relaxes you, it, it takes away, it, it gives you an extra sense of euphoria, mm-hmm. it increases appetite. Um, it calms you down. Uh, it's a depressant, you know, as a drug. Yes. Um, th- and that helps, especially people that are terminal. In other words, people that mm. are about to die and, and you're really trying to make their life a little more comfortable. Yes. On the other hand, a lot of stuff is talking about uh, cannabis oil, which makes it sound like Lorenzo's oil, you know, that famous <laughs> 1980s movie. It, yes. It's this cure-all and everything's going to be wonderful after. So what role does it actually play? Is it a good sedative? Uh, a fun sedative that gives you a bit of an appetite mm-hmm. and makes you destroy Doritos or is it an actual <laughs> medication? I'm, I'm really confused when it comes to this. Okay, so uh, the research is showing that you can use cannabis in one of two ways. Okay. Well, in, in many ways. Um, for if we now specifically speak about cancer, uh, you can use cannabis drops in a, in a low dose okay. to mitigate or to to yeah mitigate the the side effects of both the cancer and chemotherapy and radiation if you are on those therapies so it suppresses nausea for people it fights pain it um, does give you the munchies yes and if you are a cancer patient going through chemo most probably you will not want to face food so getting Hungry is a brilliant, brilliant thing for a cancer patient. Exactly. So that that's the one side. Also, if you take it at night, it becomes a natural antidepressant. Mm-hmm. And it also helps you sleep. Then if you take cancer or, or, or cannabis as a primary therapy, mm-hmm. um, you have to go quite high doses. Mm-hmm. And there we, um, we've seen that suppositories work best because you will be high for weeks if you take one single dose, uh, a daily dose. Yeah, okay. So um, if you take a suppository and you, you use it in the correct way, mm. you will not get the euphoric feelings of the, the cannabis. Oh, you will okay. only get the, the medical effects mm-hmm. or the therapeutic effects. And in high doses, it causes what we call apoptosis, where the cannabis cells or the the cannabis oil surrounds the cancer cells and switches off the replication gene oh serious so in some instances again not for everybody Mm. but in some instances it's it's people have seen that it reverses the cancer no fascinating and and i I really actually appreciate having this conversation with you because um, and for, uh, again, with the mis- misinformation, and that's, I think, yes. the, the, the scary bit about the internet and social media and proliferation of information, mm. is that you get flooded with all the stuff that just sounds like, maybe stay away from the Kool-Aid. You know? Definitely. And, and, and this year makes sense from a scientific and a medical perspective. Mm-hmm. I mean, now, you know, I'm, I'm, in other words, if, if anything had to go wrong with me and someone said cannabis oil, I'd say that is an option as opposed yes. to keep that stuff away from exactly. me. Exactly. I appreciate that. Thanks, you. Um, but uh, someone says, I'm taking cayenne pepper and lemon for over two years at, mm-hmm. uh, at the age of 60, never had a headache or tiredness. This is what someone uh, just WhatsApped me there. Cayenne pepper and, um, wait, let me go back to it. Cayenne pepper and lemon. Lemon wood. 
Yes. Yeah. So does it make a difference? Yes, definitely. Okay, and again, so. the, for me, the big thing is is the the lemon, mm. um, which will. Funny enough, lemon is a very acidic fruit, and um, taking it, the body becomes more alkaline. Mm. Okay, so I'm just going to go through a couple of one now because now WhatsApp is on fire. Mm-hmm. Okay, so someone says, "Hi, uh, this is Zunaid. I don't know if this is appropriate for the topic, but I have very brittle teeth. Is uh, is there any tips on whitening and making teeth stronger? This is what Zunaid wants to know." Um, but in instances like that, and this is the issue for me, because mm-hmm. also, I mean, uh, the one thing I tend to be cautious of is that we diagnose people and give them treatments. Yes. And I'm not saying that's what you're planning on doing, but, mm-hmm. you know, that people want to have a diagnosis and a treatment plan. Yes. And it doesn't quite work that way. But I mean, uh, is there anything that, I mean, shouldn't we find out what the, usually under those circumstances, what's the underlying cause of your yeah. brittle teeth and, you know? The, the the health of your teeth is such a good indicator of the, the health of your body. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and we've been starting to work very closely with dentists. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't believe in seeing a patient just one person. So we, we work in a group. So the dentist sees them. Uh, we have a specialist physician or a GP see them and then the nutrition people and even the, the counselors. So... I would definitely have it looked at, but just a a general thing for for teeth would be coconut oil again. Mm -hmm. And um, we call it oil pulling. So you take a teaspoon of coconut oil and you put it in your mouth and swirl it around your mouth for five to ten minutes Mm -hmm. every day. And that helps with with the teeth um, to, to whiten and strengthen some and also clean beautifully. Oh, brilliant. That, that, that's, that's awesome. I mean, um, I'll definitely give it a shot. Um, there's a couple of requests. We'll have to do a bit of revision later on because mm-hmm. there's people that want, for example, that recipe to the green juice that you mentioned. They're okay. very excited by that. And again, another WhatsApp, final WhatsApp that, um, uh, not necessarily final WhatsApp, but, you know, one of the last few I'll read. A uh, question about apple cider. I've heard about this apple cider. I know my mum is you know, mentioned apple cider to one or two people who mm-hmm. would be very upset if I mentioned who they were on air. Yes. But it's a good way of losing weight. It is. Is it? Um, again, with the fact that it puts the body into a more alkaline state and it helps kickstart the, the uh, uh, metabolism. There comes the alkaline issue. Can you just briefly explain that to us, please? Okay. So or me, because I'm complete, because I might be one of the few people that's ignorant on it, but I'm, I'm, I'm very ignorant on the alkaline versus acidic state sure. of them. Yeah. So... The, the body is in a, it has different alkaline levels. Mm-hmm. So, so your stomach alkalinity would be different to your, your bladder. But overall, one wants a more alkaline level mm. because disease states, um, viruses, bacteria, and those things, and even cancer cells mm. are based in acidic levels. Okay. Or more in, into the acid levels of, of the, the chart. So if you can put your body into a more alkaline state, mm-hmm. you make it more difficult for those um, intruders basically to, to live and thrive in the body. Okay, okay. And, and I mean, even our understanding of cancer, I mean, is, isn't cancer sort of a degenerative state of a cell? So your, 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 your skin cell, for example, picks up damage from sun exposure. Uh, those cells uh, in an effort to, I don't know, replicate and reproduce and, mm-hmm. you know, divide and to replace old dead skin. 
um, start sort of the DNA goes a bit wonky and yes. then boom, you end up with, with cancer cells. Yes, so we get cancer, every person gets cancer between 8 and 10 times in their lives. Mm. And the immune system is just strong enough to, to fight it. Um, and because of our lifestyle and the wrong cho- choices of food that we eat, uh, the immune system is compromised a lot of times. So it is a cancer is basically the uncontrolled replication of cells. Mm-hmm. And it is from, from genetic uh, um, damage or DNA damage that, that it happens. Okay, no thanks for that because and I mean that was my basic uh, being a kid of the eighties understanding mm-hmm. of how cancer comes about. Yes, and then you know, uh, as years go on, you know, <laughs> uh, things sort of uh, you you start hearing different things. Someone mm-hmm. says, "Hi, gosh, my brother had uh, cancer. We made him cannabis tea. He has been in remission for four years." So again, that's that's an interesting one there. Mm-hmm. Um, and hi, gosh, I'm on warfarin and can't eat certain foods. Can the doctor advise on how to make food by medicine? under the circumstances. Thanks. I mean, that's the other issue as well. I mean, yes. I was fascinated to hear and understand that there are certain foods that you can't eat. Yes. And the weirdest thing is this is through watching Silence of the Lambs. Okay. <laughs> okay. Which is a weird one. I'll explain that one day. <laughs> it's a bit of a long story. But the point is certain foods um, uh, can't be part of the menu anymore, isn't it? Yes. So um, immediately I would say, no, well, watch your omega-3s. Omega-3 tends to thin the blood. Okay, okay. So things like that. Um, so watch your fish intake. Okay. okay. Um, interesting thing, you can also use it to make medicine work better. Um, mm-hmm. Viagra works better if you use it with grapefruit. Viagra? Yes. So at some stage you build so, up tolerance. Mm, gentlemen, <laughs> those of us that popped a little purple pill, <clears throat> we won't um, you know, put you out there <laughs> in public. But hey, listen, if you do, there you heard. Uh, uh, grapefruit juice. Grapefruit juice. Now, what I wanted to touch on is, and, and, and maybe this is where I'm going to bring you back into this uh, in the conversation there, Francois, is that I'm listening to, to everything that Dr. Cardell has been telling us. And the one thing that always ticks me off a bit when it comes to any conversation around health and food is the pricing behind it, right? So let's go back to you know the, the exercise model even that we were discussing. The reason why Gersh went out and bought his protein shake is because it would be cheaper than the recommended daily intake of protein. Now, I know you said that it's, it's disputable whether I need that much protein, sure. whether I need to consume two kilograms of protein a day, right, to, to, to gain, I don't know, 50 grams of, of, of muscle. But the point is, um, it's cheaper to, to then resort to buying a bottle of vitamins mm-hmm. as opposed to going out and eating this specific item, that specific item. And unfortunately, I think food has also become a serious marketing scam. That's why there's so many cooking shows out there. And we went from bacon to parma ham suddenly. Mm-hmm. But the, the, so how do ordinary people, because the sad thing is ordinary people can't necessarily afford this stuff. How then do we deal with that? I think to consider the bigger picture, just understand what is, is actually going in in total in your day mm. and the value of what food can bring to you. So you might consider not going out uh, once or twice a week or not consuming those amount of beers and, and, and substituting that amount for the value of food going in. So I think consider what's the total amount of money that you want to spend and, and what do you consider a valuable amount for health? I have a discussion about, for example, the cost of a gym fee, mm. which is relative, but a meal in Joburg is going to cost you what a, a gym contract costs you for a month. So it, it becomes a relative issue of discussion of the value of money and, and the importance of health in your own particular life. So 
protein is a, is a contentious point. You can, you, you know, I said it earlier, you can get a large amount of protein from vegetables, pea protein, broccoli protein, things like that. Mm. That doesn't really cost you that much. It's not going to taste and, and smell as nice as a piece of steak, but do we yeah. need that amount of protein? Same as, as the, the cost of food. It's, it's a healthier lifestyle generally is considered a more expensive lifestyle. Yeah. But then what else are you doing? You know, are, are you considering how valuable is health in your life? Do I drink? Don't I drink? Am I smoking? Is it a pack a day? Is it a pack a week? I can reduce other costs to make a healthier lifestyle more affordable. So it, there's a lot of interesting points about this. 100%. Look, gents, unfortunately, I'm looking up at the time. Um, I, it's caught me unawares. I didn't realize I'd be running out of time as quickly as this. Dr. Carl, I'm just going to ask you two things. Your practice, where is it? Uh, how do people get a hold of you? Um, number one and number two if you can uh, just quickly give that um, for that green juice give us that uh, recipe again if you don't mind sure so the the green juice is made up of lemon Mm -hmm. apple cucumber celery mint ginger and a bit of turmeric Basically so, anything that you can think of that's green and a vegetable greens, yes. and healthy. Yeah. And, and <laughs> you can add some kale, kale or spinach to that as well if you, if you want. But yeah, um, the, the practice, I work from uh, Dr. Golding's medical practice uh, in Houghton. And the number there is 011-718-3004. Brilliant stuff. Listen, gentlemen, thank you to both of you. Thanks again for coming in. It was nice meeting you. It was nice to meet you.